Today on Grace to the Hearers with Pastor Eric Kluth. These guys had such a close bond. They wanted to be together and, and to be the best of friends and to serve together. But here, because of the sinful heart of Saul, they knew that it was best for David to leave, to take off. And it broke both of their hearts. It crushed them both, knowing that they had to depart from each other because it was not safe for David. And David falls down on the ground, weeping, crying, because he knew that he wouldn't be with his friend anymore. Today, Pastor Eric will teach about this beautiful friendship between David and Jonathan. When King Saul was looking to kill David, his faithful friend Jonathan comes to him to help him escape and protects him against Saul's plans. Their love and loyalty are a great illustration of Jesus' great commandment, to love your neighbor as yourself. Well, let's join Pastor Eric for part one of his message entitled, Love Thy Neighbor as Yourself. If you guys have your Bibles, let's open them up to 1 Samuel chapter 20, getting back into the book of 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel chapter 20, uh, if you're a note taker, I titled the message, Love Thy Neighbor as Yourself. Love thy neighbor as yourself. And amen, amen, and amen. In the past few times that we've been in the book of Samuel, we've started seeing that Saul and David, their relationship was starting to split. And in fact, if you guys remember that, Saul threw a spear at David, trying to kill him. And so... uh, King Saul and David are having a rocky relationship, and and like I just mentioned, Saul wanted to kill David now for some time now. And in the midst of this rocky relationship, though, David and Jonathan, if you guys remember who Jonathan is, it's Saul's son. David and Jonathan have grown very close to each other. They've got a friendship that is very tight. Uh, And tonight we're going to see the loyalty that Jonathan has to David, uh, because these guys were the best of friends. And when I think of the best of friends, I think of Fox and the Hound. Remember that song? Just the best of friends, do-do-do-do-do. Anybody? Okay, I'm not alone. Uh, I'm a hound dog, right? If you have never seen the Fox and the Hound, it's a, you're too old. Okay, well, I've dated myself. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Okay, so anyways, they're the best of friends. Uh, goofy crowd tonight. Um, and they've got a great relationship. And I, and I want to just have you guys think for a second. Do you guys have that really great friendship that you have with somebody? Maybe it's your spouse. Maybe it's a good friend of yours that you've known for many, many years. Good friends and friendship is hard to find and to hold on to these days. But these guys, they had a good friendship. And we'll see why here tonight. Guys, as we, we look at what it looks like to love thy neighbor, Jesus said this in Mark 12, 30. He says, And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. Now, he was asked this uh, by a scribe, asking Jesus, What is the greatest commandment? And Jesus said, Well, this is the greatest commandment. Love God. But then Jesus didn't stop there, did he? He continued on, and immediately he said this, following saying to the scribe uh, to love God, he says this in Mark 12, 31, and the second, like it, 
is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Now these two verses goes along exactly with what God said in um, Leviticus chapter 19 verse 18. When God said this, You shall not take vengeance nor bear any grudge against the children of your people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. So the Lord has definitely, throughout his word, communicated to us that we ought to, what? Number one, love who? Love God. Number two, love our neighbor as what? As ourselves. Okay, so let's pick up in verses 1 through 24, and we're going to see that Jonathan and David are coming up with a plan, uh, and we'll see what that plan's for here in a second. Verse 1 says this, Then David fled from Naoth in Ramah and went and said to Jonathan, What have I done? What is my iniquity? And what is my sin before your father that he seeks my life? Verse 2, So Jonathan said to him, By no means you shall die. Indeed, my father will do neither great or small without first telling me. And why should my father hide this thing from me? It is not so. Then David took an oath again and said, Your father certainly knows that I have found favor in your eyes. And he has said, Do not let Jonathan know this, lest he be grieved. But truly, as the Lord lives, and as your soul lives, there is but a step between me and death. Verse 4, So Jonathan said to David, Whatever you yourself desire, I will do for you. And David said to Jonathan, Indeed, tomorrow is the new moon, and I should not fail to sit with the king to eat. But let me go, that I may hide in the field until the third day at evening. Verse 6, If your father misses me at all, then say, David earnestly asked permission of me that he might run over to Bethlehem, his city, for there is a yearly sacrifice there for all the family. If he says thus, it is well, your servant will be safe. But if he is very angry, be sure that evil is determined by him. Verse 8. Therefore you shall deal kindly with your servant, for you have brought your servant into a covenant of the Lord with you. Nevertheless, if there is iniquity in me, kill me yourself, for why should you bring me to your father? But Jonathan said, Far be it from you, for if I knew certainly that evil was determined by my father to come upon you, then would I not tell you? In verse 10, Then David said to Jonathan, Who will tell me? Or what if your father answers you roughly? And Jonathan said to David, Come, let us go out into the field. So both of them went out into the field. Then Jonathan said to David, The Lord God of Israel is witness. When I have sounded out my father sometime tomorrow or the third day, and indeed there is good toward David, and I do not send to you and tell you, may the Lord do so and much more to Jonathan. But if it pleases my father to do you evil, then I will report it to you and send you away that you may go in safety. And the Lord be with you as he has been with my father." Verse 14, And you shall not only show me the kindness of the Lord while I still live, that I may not die, but you shall not cut off your kindness from my house forever, nor not when the Lord has cut off every one of the enemies of David from the face of the earth. So Jonathan made a covenant with the house of David, saying, Let the Lord require at the hand of David's enemies. Verse 17, Now Jonathan again caused David to vow, because he loved him, for he loved him as he loved his own soul. 
key verse right there in verse 17. Verse 18 says this, Then Jonathan said to David, Tomorrow is the new moon, and you will be missed, because your seat will be empty. And when you have stayed three days, go down quickly and come to the place where you hid on the day of deed, and remain by the stone of Ezel. Verse 20, Then I will shoot three arrows to the side, as though I shot at a target. And there I will send a lad, saying, Go find the arrows. If I expressly say to the lad, Look, the arrows are on this side of you. Get them and come then. As the Lord lives, there is safety for you and no harm. Verse 22, But if I say thus to the young man, Look, the arrows are beyond you. Go your way, for the Lord has sent you away. And as for the matter which you and I have spoken of, indeed, the Lord be between you and me forever. Verse 24. Then David hid in the field, and when the new moon had come, the king sat down to eat the feast. And so we're going to pause right there and kind of get caught back up what's going on here in the scene. And so the, the text starts out with David leaving Nioth in Ramah. Now this is the place where David fled from Saul in the first place. Remember uh, a few weeks ago, this is where David met up back up with Samuel. And they were worshiping God, and, and in fact Saul came back into uh, Naoth to find David, but the Lord then uh, used him to start praising his name, which is amazing. And he also stripped Saul of his pride, because remember back in chapter 19, he stripped him all the way down to nakedness in front of the people, and they were like, when did Saul start worshiping God, you know? And so uh, God was working on Saul. And so here's the scene. David is coming back from that city, and he's coming back because he wanted to be reunited with Jonathan, his friend. Now, David meets up with Jonathan and asks him, he says, What have I done? What is my sin against your dad? Why does he want to kill me? What have I done wrong, you know? Your dad just wants to destroy me. And Jonathan replies, you're not going to die. You're not going to die. Uh, because my dad will tell me if he's going to kill you or not. Because remember that Jonathan is the like, key commander in Saul's army. It is Jonathan who's been bringing the victories alongside David to the nation of Israel. And so Saul will communicate, is what Jonathan is saying, Saul will communicate everything to me. And so if he's planning on killing you, I'm going to know about it, and I'm going to tell you about it, David. And so David replies, your dad knows that I've found favor in your sight. You know, he says, if he's going to kill me, Jonathan, my good friend, I'd rather you kill me, because I don't want your dad to kill me. We have a good friendship. I'd rather you take me out, okay? And Jonathan replies, he says, David, whatever, whatever I can do to help you, I will help you. I'll be there for you, David. I'll help you out. Well, there was a new moon coming and a celebration. And according to Numbers chapter 28, during this new moon, there would be a sacrifice during this time. And so David wanted Jonathan to observe his father, to see how Saul was going to act during this feast. Because David came up with this brilliant plan. Hey, this man wants to kill me. I'm not going to show up. Isn't that a brilliant plan? If somebody's going to try to kill you, you probably won't go. And so he comes up with that idea, and he doesn't go. And he says to Jonathan, he says, If your dad misses me, truly misses me at the table, then instruct him and say, 
David, oh, you're wondering where David's at. Oh, David, uh, he went to Bethlehem, and he's going to go sacrifice there with his family. That's where he's at. So just tell your dad that, if he is missing me. But if he's not missing me, then let me know, because is not well, and he's going to try to kill me. And so David asked Jonathan uh, for his favor to do this for him. He's asking him to kind of be his eyes and his ears uh, of the situation with his father, you know, with Saul. And so he, that's the favor that David wanted from Jonathan. And David is asking if Jonathan thought that he was wrong. You know, he's like, hey, am I wrong in any way? Is there any iniquity in me? Maybe I do deserve death. Is there anything that I've done wrong that I do deserve death? And Jonathan is clearly stating, no, man, you are good. My dad is not going to kill you. And he responds back. Do you guys see that in the word? He says, far be it from you, man. There's nothing that you've done wrong, David. You do not deserve to die. But David wanted to know uh, about Saul's heart. He wanted to know where he stood with Saul. And so Jonathan tells David, he says, why don't you go out into the field and we'll come up with this plan. We'll come up with this plan is if, uh, it's like typical guys, right? Okay, we've got to include weapons in this plan. So I'm going to bring my arrow and I'm going to shoot my arrow like I'm shooting at a target. But if the arrow goes uh, just short and the lad that I send out to go get it, then I'm going to, it's going to be a, a sign to you, David, that everything is okay and that you're safe. But if I shoot my arrow all the way back and it goes past the lad, then you know to leave town and uh, God's peace will be upon you. And so Jonathan reveals this plan to David with the Lord being the witness. And he says, I'm going to feel out how dad feels about you tomorrow or on the third day. And again, if my dad wants to harm you, I'm going to let you know. Now that's a good friend, don't you think? That if somebody's going to harm you, you're going to want to know. Like, uh, if someone was going to harm me and say, Chuck knew about it. Now, I know that Chuck will take care of it, but he'd probably tell me that, uh, hey, so-and-so wants to hurt you, so you need to be, you need, you know, go take off. And if Chuck ever tells me that, I'm going to heed his voice and, uh, and take off. But that's the same friendship that Jonathan had with David. David and Jonathan were communicating to each other, saying, I've got your back, I support you, and with this knowledge, you then can depart safely, but make sure you show my household kindness. Now, why would Jonathan say that? Why would Jonathan want David to show his household kindness? Well, because Jonathan knew that God had chosen David to be the king of Israel, the next king of Israel. And it was common for a new royal house to kill the old royal house. And Jonathan, again, knew that David and his household would eventually rule Israel. And so he wanted to guarantee that David would spare his life. And so he puts that in the agreement, saying, okay, if you leave Eventually, I know you're going to come back as the king. Please spare my family. Spare my family. David agrees. And so Jonathan goes on his way, uh, and, and they come up with this plan. So let's continue in this, uh, this story, this true story, in verses 25 through 34. And now the king sat on his seat, as at other times. And on the seat by the wall, and Jonathan arose, and Abner sat by Saul's side. But David's place was empty. No show, David. Verse 26. Nevertheless, Saul did not say anything that day, for he thought something had happened to him. 
He is unclean. Surely he's unclean. And it happened the next day, the, the second day of the month, that David's place was empty. And Saul said to Jonathan, his son, Why has the son of Jesse not come to eat, either yesterday or today? Uh, so Jonathan answered Saul, David earnestly asked permission of me to go to Bethlehem. And he said, Please let me go, for our family has a sacrifice in the city, and my brother has commanded me to be there. And now, if I have found favor in your eyes, please let me get away and see my brothers. Therefore he has not come to the king's table. Well, verse 30, how do you think this news went over with Saul? Well, it says this, Then Saul's anger was aroused against Jonathan, and he said to him, You son of a perverse, rebellious woman, do I not know that you have chosen the son of Jesse to your own shame and to the shame of your mother's nakedness? For as long as the son of Jesse lives on earth, you shall not be established, nor your kingdom. Now, therefore, send and bring him to me, for he shall surely die. And Jonathan answered Saul, his father, and said to him, Why should he be killed? What has he done? Then Saul cast the spear at him to kill him by which Jonathan knew that it was determined by his father to kill David. Verse 34, So Jonathan arose from the table in fierce anger and ate no food the second day of the month, for he was grieved for David because his father had treated him shamefully. And so here in these verses, we see that the feast takes place. They, they sit down to dinner, okay? And I can picture this like, uh, maybe like a, I know that Jonathan wasn't a teenager probably at this time, but uh, like a teenager and his father. And so they're sitting down, and uh, there's a seat missing. So Saul's thinking in his mind, he's thinking, it's okay, David's probably not here because maybe he's sick or something. Maybe he's unclean. And, and so that's fine. I'm not going to say anything about it. Well, then the second day rolls around, and they're sitting down at the dinner table. Look down the table. David's still not here. Where's he at? Where's David at? Hey, Jonathan, um... Where's David? Where's David at? Oh, well, uh, you know, this pre-planned pre -planned, uh, thing that these guys were doing comes to the table. Oh, uh, he's in Bethlehem with his family. His brothers commanded him to go, and uh, he's there. Saul was mad. He was mad, angry. Where's he at? Where is David at? I know that you and him are tight. You are good friends. And then it escalates, right? And it escalates so much that Saul picks up his spear and he throws it at his own kid. I mean, fathers, have you, I mean, <laughs> have you ever wanted to throw a spear at your kids? I hope not. <laughs> uh, but the anger was there so much. The anger was there and he was so upset because David was not there. And then, then the son, Jonathan, then gets angry and says, Why should he die, Dad? Why should he die? What has he done? And it's like, I can just picture this thing. I don't need you to talking, son. I just want him here because he needs to die. <laughs> okay. Well, what did he do? And so then Jonathan gets up from the table, anger, uh, with anger, and he doesn't eat, and he goes, right, and slams his door in his room. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But that's like the typical scene, right? He's angry because his heart breaks because David has a heart for God and that his dad wants to kill him for no reason. 
Why should he die? What has he done wrong? Well, Saul doesn't have to answer because he's the king, right? But instead of answering, he throws a spear at his own son. Okay, Dad, I'm getting up. I'm not eating anymore. I'm grieved. And so Jonathan's heart is broken. Finally, verses 35 through 42, okay? We'll see the goodbye between David and Jonathan. Because remember the deal. Is it safe for David to come back home? No. There's been spears thrown during the dinner table. It's not safe. Verse 35. And so it was in the morning that Jonathan went out into the field at the the time appointed with David. And a little lad was with him. Then he said to this lad, Now run, find the arrows which I shoot. As the lad ran, he shot an arrow beyond him. And when the lad had come to the place where the arrow was which Jonathan had shot, Jonathan cried out after the lad and said, Is not the arrow behind you or beyond you? And Jonathan cried out after the lad, Make haste, hurry, do not delay. So Jonathan's lad gathered up the arrows and came back to his master. But the lad did not know anything. Only Jonathan and David knew of the banner. Verse 40, Then Jonathan gave his weapon to his lad and said to him, Go, carry them to the city. As soon as the lad had gone, David arose from the place toward the south, fell on his face to the ground, and bowed down three times. And they kissed one another, and they wept together. But David more so. Then Jonathan said to David, Go in peace, since we have both sworn in the name of the Lord, saying, May the Lord be between you and me, and between your descendants and my descendants forever. So he arose and departed, and Jonathan went into the city. Now this is a sad ending of the story. Because these guys had such a close bond. They wanted to be together and, and to be the best of friends and to serve together. But here, because of the sinful heart of Saul, they knew that it was best for David to leave, to take off. And it broke both of their hearts. It crushed them both, knowing that they had to depart from each other because it was not safe for David. And David falls down on the ground, weeping, crying, because he knew that he wouldn't be with his friend anymore. He's crying. He's weeping. Heartbroken over this friendship. That's a pretty tight friendship. Uh, for these two to be uh, heartbroken as much as they were. And so then Jonathan again reminds David that the Lord is between them. The Lord is between them. And may they be at peace with each other forever. Now this true story shows us a solid connection between two individuals. A solid connection between two individuals. A relationship between Jonathan and David that was built upon loyalty, built upon humility, and most importantly, built on love. This relationship is a great example of Jesus' second commandment to us. To love your neighbor as yourself. And remember when I said it was a key verse back in verse 17, Now Jonathan again caused David to vow because he loved him, for he loved him as he loved his own soul. David was loved by Jonathan, and Jonathan loved David like he loved himself. A prime example of what Jesus had said back in Mark, to love your neighbor as yourself. But what does that mean? What does love your neighbor truly mean? What does that look like? Well, Jesus answered this by saying this in Luke 6, verse 31. And just as you want men to do to you, you also do to them likewise. 
You've been listening to Grace to the Hearers, the radio ministry of Pastor Eric Kluth of Calvary Chapel Coolidge in Coolidge, Arizona. CD copies of today's study are available when you email us at info at gracetothehearers.com. That's info at gracetothehearers.com. Today's message, as originally presented at Calvary Chapel Coolidge, can be downloaded from our website at gracetothehearers.com. If you can't get to your computer to download or place an order, you can always call us at 520-723-7047. We'll be happy to help you. Again, that number is 520-723-7047. We are so blessed by the technology that we have these days. Most of us have numerous versions of the Bible, and now with mobile technology, we have the Bible right on our phones and tablets. Grace to the Hearers is available in podcast format for use on any device. Simply log on to gracetothehearers.com and follow the links to subscribe to the Grace to the Hearers podcast. Or simply search for Grace to the Hearers in the iTunes store. Again, our web address is gracetothehearers.com. Subscribing to a podcast like Grace to the Hearers is a wonderful way to infuse God's Word into your everyday life. Please log on to gracetothehearers.com today and subscribe to the Grace to the Hearers podcast. Now please place a marker in your Bibles and make plans to join us again. Pastor Eric will continue teaching verse by verse through the book of 1 Samuel, right here on Grace to the Hearers.